Welcome to Season 2, Episode 42 of Beyond the Zero. I'm your host Ben, joining me today is Laura Vocht. Laura is a writer, and her second novel, What Concerns Us, is out now through Heloise Press. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, thank you very much. I've always wanted to go to Switzerland. Can you take us on a quick tour of where you live, and what are the best things about living in Switzerland? Yeah, of course, Switzerland is very small, but it's beautiful, that's true. We have a lot of different um, countrysides, like the mountains and also the lakes, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful. But the society, I have to tell you, is a bit conservative, <laughs> but never mind, come here. <laughs> um, I would tell you that uh, the Engadin, it's a part in the, in the east of, of the country, but in uh, the canton of Graubünden, it's, uh, it's a bit higher, like a higher uh, area, and it's really, really beautiful. You have to go there, the air is clear, and uh, you can hike, and... Uh, yeah it sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) I'm so keen to get over there and you're really close to the border of Germany as well aren't you yeah that's true I'm really close yeah like there's the the lake of Constance um maybe 20 kilometers away and then behind that you can find Germany wow and what have you been doing over your summer I just finished my third manuscript so this summer I'm a bit free I have to work for money of course but um, I also I was hiking with my brother in the mountains and I was in the north of Germany with my family and showing my children the sea because they've never seen it before. We'll move on to your novel um, What Concerns Us. It's the first of your books to be translated into English. You've written a previous novel as well and lots of short stories and other pieces but I wanted to ask you what got you into writing to start with? I was always really fascinated by literature, by, um, by um, books, by words, by languages. So I started writing when I was preschool by myself. I, um, and I started to write like um, stories and fantastic things. And I always wanted to become a writer. But since I'm the child of teachers... I, um, I knew very well that um, writing is not rewarding in, case, in the case of money. So I changed my mind and I thought I could be a journalist or I could be a social worker. And then finally I ended at the university. I started studying cultural science and that was really fantastic. I really loved the, the topics there. Um, I did philosophy and also literature, stuff like that. But after some, some time, I felt something like a pressure. I, I, and it, it was the lack of writing. I felt that I really want to write. I felt that this, all these topics at university are really interesting, but it's not what I really want to do. Um, so I applied for the, um, for the studies of um, creative writing. And so I started there in summer 2012. And for three years, I had the possibility to to study there, to exchange with other 
writers and to be guided by my mentees and to yeah to find my 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 language or to develop my texts and so after that how long did it take you to get to writing your first novel yeah i started writing the first novel during my studies mm, it took me maybe from the first sentence to the uh, release day uh, maybe three or four years and yeah then I went on giving birth to children and giving birth to books <laughs> um, with that first book do you want to tell us what the title is and are we likely to see it in English and do you want to tell us a little bit about it yeah, the, the title is uh, So Einfach war es also zu gehen. And I think I, I cannot really translate it into English, but it's something like, oh, it is so easy to go away. And it's a story about Helen. Um, and she she's a, a young a young woman, a Swiss woman, and she 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 wants to she needs to she wants to go on with her life. She wants to develop herself. And, but, and, and she gets to know a, a man and she's in love and he's from Egypt and she travels to Egypt. And, but more and more, she realizes that there are some, some uh, things in her life that she never um, worked on. And she's caught up by, by, these, uh, by these things. Like her father um, went away when she was younger and he was it was something like um, a religious um, yeah. a sect he went to and yeah it, that was a really dramatic um, time in her life and she mostly replaced it so she and her sister they, they have to meet and they have to to, to find together and to um, work on this on this uh, on their own uh, history somehow. And um, of course, Egypt and Cairo, where she is during the, the story is also um, important because it's the, the beginning of the, um, the um, Arabic spring. I don't yeah. know how people Yeah, the Arab spring, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's more or less the plot of, of this first book. Okay, well, I hope to see it in English soon. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to What Concerns Us. Um, it's out now through Heloise Press. It's translated by Caroline Waite. Uh, the novel tells the story of Rachel, who was a musician, but she's put her career on hold. Um, we meet her as she becomes pregnant with her second child, and things aren't going to plan. Do you want to tell us a bit more about the setup of your book? I started writing this second book when my first child was two and a half months old. So of course I was surrounded by all these um, subjects like being a mother, being a young mother, all this, um, all this pressure coming from society. Like if you don't work after you have given birth, you are just conservative. And if you work too, too uh, early, you are not a good mother, stuff like that. Um, or, or even all these stereotypes around motherhood. I, I was really um, fascinated in maybe a negative way. And so out of this big, 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 big um, uh, 
um, thing, um, I, I created Rahel. And yeah, she, she is very much between these two, um, these two options, like having a career, just filling your room you, you, you need to, you want to, doing your work. And on the other hand, being a mother um, to carry and all this. And she tries to find her, her way. And uh, yeah, as I told the audience, it's uh, not as easy as she maybe wanted it to be. And um, furthermore, there is this uh, own story that caught her up um, when she, when she yeah, yeah, when the novel starts. Yeah. yeah. And so during the book, we learn a lot more about Raoul's mother and her sister, Fena, and the way they're brought up. And Verena, their mother, um, she brought up the girls in an all-female household. They were very open about sexuality. I guess they weren't terribly conservative. Um, Verena uses the word cunt, and the daughters are surprised when they learn it isn't the correct name in sex ed class. But do you want to tell us a bit more about their upbringing with uh, Verena and how this affects uh, Rahel and Fena? Mm -hmm. um, Rahel and Fena, they are really not the same type of, uh, of women, I think. Um, Rahel is maybe more conservative and a bit more um, shy. And for her, uh, Verena was uh, emotionally far away during her childhood. And for Fena, it's uh, totally different. Like she understood her mother and she really liked this like um, maybe feminist um, side of the mother. And yeah, and of course, um, if we look at, at Verena, she, was, she, she brought up these girls alone and um, she had to, to work, she had to, to earn money, she had to uh, keep the household and all that. And I think that's something that uh, Rahel realizes much later what it means um, to, be a, to be a mother, to carry for, on, on uh, her own. Um, so um, I think during the, the process of what concerns us, she starts to understand the mother better and she comes a bit closer to her. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's really well done the way, I guess I'm not going to give anything away, but that relationship that kind of grows throughout the novel, um, they're kind of, I guess, repairing a lot of those things that happened earlier in life. And even, you know, their father, Eric, he kind of has a bit of an appearance as well. One of the characters I wanted to ask you about was, was Boris, who Rahel ends up living with, and he brings up the, the two children as well. Do you want to tell us a bit more about Boris? Yeah, Boris is a, <laughs> let me say, he's a, a very soft man and very kind man and a very stable man as well. And Rahel is really happy to, to find, finding him. Um, but the relationship, um, it's, it's something like, it, it's, it starts very, very fast and very emotionally. And then it, it, it goes down somehow. And I think for Boris, it's not very um, easy to, to handle Rahel and to understand her feelings. Um, it's, I mean, it, Rahel is not, not, not really able to talk about all that, all this stuff. And um, so he tries, but 
Yeah, but maybe maybe sometimes he's even a bit too too soft. Yeah. Yeah. But I would be interested in what how you see him. Well, I think that's right. I think he's looking after her. I I think especially initially we see him looking after Rahel and and being really, you know, he wants to take care of the kids. He wants to make sure she's okay. Um, and I think we see him getting frustrated with her as well quite a bit. But I think at the end of the day, he he just wants to care for those children. He wants to care for her. And they kind of, I think in a lot of ways, they have a almost one of those relationships that are just a, you know, old married couple relationship almost that they seem like they've been mm. together for years, um, even though she kind of just basically, you know, walked in to his life and yeah. And he's, I guess, kept her and yeah. So I, I kind of, in a way, it seems like quite a familiar relationship to me, which I, I kind of enjoyed. So the book is translated by Caroline, we spoke about earlier. What was that process like for you working with her? Yeah, for me, it was really fantastic. I mean, I, I since I'm not the, um, the best English speaker you can find on the world, <laughs> at first I was not uh, so sure how, how good is her translation. I, I, I read the first, she, she, she translated the first um, page and I, I, I was able to just have a look on it and tell if I think that's, that's good and I, I was not able to tell. So I gave it to a friend who's really um, a good English speaker and she was just, oh yeah, that's perfect. That's really so good. And um, so I, I had a really, really good feeling and I, when she um, finished the translation, I, I read the whole thing and um, it was fantastic to, to, to read the same text again, but it's like I have another type of glasses on my eyes. <laughs> um, I, I, had, I have the impression that she really understood the text and the questions she asked me, um, um, yeah, were interesting for me and 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 showed me that she she tries to to really um, make a, a really like a very smooth thing out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it reads in English anyway. It reads like really smoothly. It reads really clearly, and it's quite. It's funny because it's it, it is humorous in parts and it's serious in parts, but it's definitely not as like reading the blurb, I think I thought it would be a more serious book than I think it is. And I think there's there's a whole lot of elements of lightness within this book. And I think she's done a great job translating it and, you know, hopefully getting that across. Yeah, good to hear that. I also want to mention your amazing publisher, Heloise Press. What's the process been like working with um, Aina and, and their press? Yeah, I can I can just just say the, the the same thing. It's it's just it's a ple- pleasure and it's it's great. It, I was um, I got the the news that the book will be translated into English exactly one year ago, and it was the best day of uh, of this year. And Aina is um, she's I I really see that she does a good job, that she's very enthusiastic and um, looking for different ways how she can um, bring the text to the people, to the person, and to to bring the best out of of, of the text. And uh, she's um, 
yeah, I feel I feel somehow very close to her. It's not just uh, an anonymous, yeah, anonymous, uh, yeah, anonymous um, publisher. Mm. It's really her as a as a person, and I even I love the homepage. The style is so beautiful. I hope you've, or I think you've already seen that. Yeah, and yeah. even the covers they're doing, I think, are great. The cover on your book is really nice. So my daughter was looking at it today. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. really nice covers. They do great work. Yeah, that's true. I might ask you quickly, um, what are you working on next? Yeah, I'm working on my third novel. Um, it's called Die Liegende Frau, The Lying Woman. The Lying Woman, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, as it's it's a a book about um, three women as well, but not mother and two uh, daughters. It's uh, about three friends, and it's about um, uh, also about being a mother, but maybe in a different way. It's about um, anti-natalism, mm-hmm. like the the philosophy that you don't want to um, have, have children because of yeah. several reasons. And about friendship as well, yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, and that's the one you said you just finished the first manuscript for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's true, yeah. <laughs> very good. And we were talking before we started recording as well about language, um, but so you write in German, and mm-hmm. is there a huge difference between, I guess, speaking Swiss German and writing in German? Yeah, um, Swiss German is not just a dialect of German. It's really another uh, language, but it's close. But the uh, children growing up here in Switzerland, they usually um, understand German very early because we have the German television and um, we have to talk German in school. Um, and sometimes people ask me why I don't write in Swiss German because there are um we don't have like a rules of writing Swiss German, but you could develop your own rules. But for me, it was never uh, I, I, it was never something I wanted to do. I um, yeah, it's there are two really different things: talking Swiss German and writing in German. <laughs> and of course, um, for me, talking it comes more from heart when I when I talk. Swiss German than German, but writing it's the, another thing. It uh, comes out just from itself that these German words. But of course, um, you probably you can, as a German reader, you can feel the Swiss German or my Swiss character behind it. Um, but uh, that's nothing wrong about that. Can I ask you about Swiss German writing at the moment? Are there some Swiss German writers out there at the moment or in history who you think that we should all go out and read? You mean uh, Swiss writers? Yeah. Max Frisch is very popular or uh, Friedrich Dürrenmatt. Mm -hmm. They've not just been writers, but also political, somehow um, active. Or these days, um, one person could be interesting for you in Australia. He's called Lukas Berfuss. Okay. He wrote his second novel, Koala, also about Australia. It's about the 
um, death of his brother, but then he does a big excurs and he ends in Australia. <laughs> okay. um, and then maybe you know Sibylle Berg. Yeah. Um, she's a, um, she, she wrote um, a, a big book about um, it, it, in, in, it, it uh, plays in England, not in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask you about your gateway books? What were some of the books that inspired you as a writer growing up? Yeah, I, I was always, as I told you, I was always fascinated by literature and books and words and, and fiction. So I, I uh, read a lot when I was a child. I just read and read and read and I went to the library and came back with a huge bag. <laughs> so I, I cannot tell you what book influenced me most when I was a child, but um, later during my studies, I, um, uh, I discovered one very important book for me. It's called um, Malina. It's also available in English and it's from the Aust Austrian writer Ingeborg Bachmann. She's very popular. What books are you currently reading or have you recently enjoyed? Um, during my holiday, I was, uh, I tried to write, to read um, Anna Burns, The Milkman in German, but since I was so much, uh, uh, I, I had to, to uh, watch the children and to see the whole day. <laughs> I just read one and a half uh, uh, pages, mm -hmm. but this is something I want to read in the next uh, few weeks. And I also read uh, Catherine Angel, Unmastered. It's a book about desire and sexuality, very poetical and also political book. We'll take a quick break here on Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Laura Vocht. This episode is sponsored by the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia. This is a public service announcement. Due to global supply chain issues, Australian stock of ADHD drug Ritalin is currently in limited supply. We expect supply to return to normal by maybe 2023. This app has been written and authorised by the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, Canberra. We're back on Beyond the Zero. It's time for Laura's Top 10. <laughs> I have my list right here. <laughs> I mentioned already the first book. It's um, Malina by Inge Bachmann. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Very, like, it's, it's about being a, a woman and um, being a writer, and um, but in a, in a, in a such a beautiful way. Um, then the second is uh, Rachel Cusk. You must know her, and yeah. uh, my favorite book of her is Transit. Mm -hmm. um, then the third is Maggie Nelson, The Organauts. This book influenced me a lot for my third novel. Um, it's, a, it's a fluid book between the, all the categories about um, transforming about bodies, about uh, gender roles. Then the fourth is uh, Virginia Woolf, A Room of One's Own. It's a, an older book, but it's yeah. still very contemporary, I, I think. It, yeah, sadly it is. Then the fifth, it's uh, Connie Palman. She's a writer from the Netherlands. 
and in German book is called Logbuch eines unbarmherzigen Jahres. In English, I'm not sure if it's translated, but it's called Logbook of a Merciless Year. Okay. And it's a, it's a nonfiction about the loss of her second husband. Yeah, it's about death and love. And oh, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Then the sixth is uh, Thomas Espedal. He's from Norway. And my favorite book uh, is from him is uh, Against Nature. Mm, it's also, he, he also writes nonfiction. It's very clear, very poetic language. Then the seventh is a, a crazy book. <laughs> uh, Chris Kraus, um, I Love Dick. Yeah. Then the eighth is Bernadine Evaristo, Girl, Women, Other. It's a fantastic book about um, black women in England and she must have uh, done a huge research because there's so much into this book. Then the ninth is Siri Hustvet, The Blazing Worlds. And the tenth, I cannot uh, tell you the, the name because it's, a, it's an Irish writer. She, she's called something like Doirini Griofa. Okay. And the book is, is called A Ghost in the Throat. And it's uh, also very poetic book about motherhood and about um, about a, a very um, important writer into Ireland that was uh, and, and she's on the path of, she's like looking for the history of this female writer yeah okay amazing all right I've got a few things I'd really love to check out in your list thank you for that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> okay well we should probably wrap it up. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day in Switzerland. Um, before we go, do you want to tell us where we can get in touch with you um, and where we can go and buy your fabulous book, um, What Concerns Us, that's out now? Yeah, you can get in touch. Uh, I have a, a web page, but this, I, I'm, I'm, it will be very new in maybe two weeks, but you can mm -hmm. find there my email address. Just contact me. It would be very nice. And if you're in England, you can come to my readings in, in England at <laughs> the beginning of September. Um, and yeah, you can find the book, hopefully in every bookshop. You can um, buy it or um, uh, to order it. And of course, you can find it on the webpage of the, of the um, of Press. Yeah, you will find it there. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you too. It was really a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks once again to Laura Vocht. Check out the show notes for all the details. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at beyondzeropod, and you can email us at beyondzeropod at gmail.com. We'll be back with your next episode very soon.